this is your first time listening, the Barnabas Speaks podcast podcast about encouragement, a podcast about empowerment, and a podcast about faith. And I'd like to welcome you. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Barnabas Speaks podcast. Whew, a new week, a new week, another week, another episode, and here we are. I'd really been praying and asking God what it is that he would want me to speak about today and kind of break out into because normally we we follow like a series and we'll get into that but I think with coronavirus and with the death of George George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery it really just kind of threw off a rhythm where I felt compelled I felt pulled by Holy Spirit but also the reality of everything that was going on to kind of venture off and begin to speak about some other things. And as I was, <clears throat> as I, as I was taking that hiatus from our series, uh, we were doing the now what series. And so it was once I'm saved now, but now what? And as I was taking that break and I got that disruption, that interruption from the series, I've been thinking and, and processing and meditating and I've had so many different thoughts and so many different ways to kind of go about beginning a pod, not beginning a podcast, but expanding the, not just this podcast, but into other podcasts. And I was thinking about how there's, there's need for encouragement, there's need for empowerment, there's need for coaching. And I have been through my family and my, and I have been through so much over the time if we just count from when we moved to Raleigh, North Carolina in 2016 it's just been a roller coaster a roller coaster of emotion a roller coaster of change and transition and as things begin to turn and we begin to see some of the promises that God has shared with us and spoken to us I begin to think about Joseph I begin to think about Joseph in the in the Old Testament Genesis and as the chapter begins to close out and Genesis begins to close out and Joseph after being through all this after having dreams and about being exalted and having his family members bow before him and they being jealous of him and then they sell him into slavery and then he's sold into slavery and he becomes a servant uh, in Potiphar's house and he works for Potiphar, and then Potiphar's wife finds him so attractive that she just has to have him. When he refuses, she falsely accuses him of trying to uh, rape her and assault her. And then she, he goes to prison. Now he's in prison, and he meets the uh, the cupbearer and the baker. Uh, and he then is brought out of, of the of prison and he becomes Pharaoh's right hand man. He's lifted up and now his siblings must come to him and ask for, for food and the famine and his dream comes true. But his dream doesn't come true without some trials, without some tribulations, without some some experience building, some character building. I remember when I was in the Air Force and I was just a three level airman and they called me a Jeep. And it's not J-E-E-P. It's J-E-P. 
which means just enough to pass. Uh, and so they would call me a Jeep. And so when you're the lowest man on the totem pole, and I wasn't the lowest in the shop, but I was the lowest man in the totem pole for my shift. So you would have to get out there and put, whether it's rain, raining or whatever, sleeting or whatever the weather is, you had to be the person to push the, push the stand for the airplanes. Because I was aircraft mechanic in the Air Force. And so I would push the stand and I would have to pump it up. And one of these stands is the B1-1. And it was meant to, so if you're pl the plane, if you think about a plane sitting up high and the, the stairs that you walk up. And so when you do a public, when you're on like the commercial airplane, you see like the vehicle that pulls up and it kind of just it airlifts it. Well, in the Air Force, we had to pump it and it took a while to pump. I can't even remember. I think it was 13 rungs that had to go up. And it was, so if you think about a pump, it may have went a half, more than half an inch for every every pump. And so you're sitting there pumping, pumping, pumping. And then I remember one of the guys saying, that builds character. And in your mind, like, man, forget character. But it taught it taught you work ethic. It taught you how to to that sometimes a job can only be done one way and that may be slow and steady. And that's not to kind of repeat the 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 tortoise in the hair. Uh, slow and steady wins the race, but it is just it's just the reality of it. And so I just remember pumping, pumping, pumping in the rain or doing stuff that just that airmen did that the lowest men and men and women of the, on the totem pole had to do and it just that just was what it was but it taught me humility it taught me that there's a process to everything it taught me how to appreciate hard work and that when i go somewhere so when i'm when i'm leaving the military and i'm going to a new career it taught me how to be hard worker Excuse me. Uh, sorry for the yawn. It taught me how to be hard working and how to be hungry and be the, the lowest man in the totem pole, but still, in a sense, be a leader. But lead by my example to continue to, to work hard. And so I never got that never shook me. I never forget when I was no longer the, no, the lowest man in the totem pole and I had moved on to. Being, I was no longer A1C, I was a senior airman and I got it below the zone. What that just means I got it six months earlier than everyone else. And so, and I'm no longer the, I'm now training other three levels. And I will never forget one of my trainers. I'll never forget, and his name was Tommy Meyer. We call him Tommy Hydro. And he says, you're, you're a senior airman, you don't have to do that. I said, yeah, but I'm still an airman. And he like, that was a good answer. Is that the idea of that you never forget where you come from, but also realizing that that time that's spent on that 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 ground level is what will make or break you. That that's where you learn. That's where you get have the opportunity to make mistakes. That's where you have the opportunity to 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 stumble some and to to miss the mark. But when you get in that leadership position, everything you do is amplified. So the decisions you make, positive is are amplified but the decisions you make that are negative are also amplified because it affects so many when you make a mistake as when you're on the ground level most likely a lot of times it just affects you and so i was thinking about the process and how we have to even learn lessons 
from the things we do not like. We have to learn lessons from the the, the struggles that we have to learn lessons from the the time where you when you hate being the lowest person on a totem pole when you hate struggling and you hate suffering and you learn those lessons and if you do not learn those lessons you're not just doing it repeated but if you ever by happenstance by the grace of God by by chance Move to another level. If you did not master the lessons that you were supposed to learn on the first level, the, the second level, you will begin to find yourself ill-prepared and unqualified to be on that next level because you did not take the time to invest in gain, learning from the mistakes and invest in and the opportunity to be taught and trained. And now you're expected to be the trainer. But now... Because you're supposed to be the trainer. You're supposed to be able to, to, to teach down or to pour down information. But because you didn't gain that knowledge on that on that level, you're no use to the people below you and you're no use to the people above you. What the life of Joseph shows us is that on each step, he is learning how to he's learning how to take the lessons he learned before. By being the brother that, that no one liked, he, he learned in isolation. He, he learned how sometimes having to be to be isolated, but also how to, to work hard. So he's thrown into the pit by himself, thinking he's going to die. And so when he doesn't die, he learns to have, to, he, he, he begins to have satisfaction in surviving because he realized that while slavery sucks, he could have been killed by his own brothers. And in turn, his brothers wouldn't have realized that they were, they were, they were adding on to their own demise because he wouldn't have been in place later on when he when the time that he spent paid off. And so everywhere Joseph went. Whether he went up or he went back down, his work ethic, the, the, the integrity and the character that he built led him to the forefront. When he was a slave, it led him to the forefront of, of Potiphar's house. When he is now put in prison, it, it, he, he has favor with the, the guards. And because of his work ethic, because of his integrity, because of his character, he is now placed in charge of the different prisoners. And he has favor. And now he's able to give the, he's able to pour into the, this, these two men that are in prison. And because of his character, because of integrity, because he, he didn't have this, woe is me. And he was able to still use his gift even at the, the lowest moment of his life when he's suffering and he's struggling and, and, he, and he's wondering, is he going to make it out of here? As I made it out of the pit, or will I make it out of this prison? And as he, as he has that opportunity, he does not squander it. And so I know that some of you are in positions, you're in jobs, you're in and you're in, in, in situations, you are in, in 
in dead end careers and you are are working hard and it feels like no matter how hard you work you can't get out of the pit you can't get out of that prison you can't get out of that trap you end up you end up you, your relationships around you seem like they are just pulling you down and and every time you try to pull away there's something that pulls you back and you, you right now you are in a relationship with where, where you want to get out, but something inside of you is telling you that you need to be here, but you, you, you don't know how to get out of it. And you're, you're struggling, and you're suffering, and you're asking God why. Why did you allow me to go through this thing? Imagine being Joseph, having this big dream. A lot of you are, are, are struggling with, with God's promise and the reality of where you are. When we have the the assignment to move here. We are here on assignment. Much like the military, when the military sends you somewhere and you're on assignment, we're here on assignment because God sent us here, told us to come here. Understand that when we moved, my wife had a good job. She was she was the director of her guidance counseling office there. Uh, I was I was getting out the military, but I had connections where I know that I could have. I wouldn't say walked in, but I had favor with people that could have helped me get jobs in Charleston. And we had just bought a house. Our son was t was turning three. And so we were, we were doing well. And God said, I'm sending you to, to Raleigh to help plant this church. And we go and he tells us that it's going to be it's going to be a smooth transition. And if you've ever heard my testimony before, if you ever heard me talk about this before, 2016, so we moved, we officially moved. I came up here in March slash April of 2016. And then uh, we moved my family up. My family moved up in June of 2016. And from that point forward, it was anything in our view, in our perspective, but smooth. We 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 had we had struggle after struggle, whether it was financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's uh, family wise. We had struggle after struggle, and it felt nothing like a smooth transition. So the question is, what do you do when the promise that God gave you sounds nothing, or looks nothing like the reality of where you are? Joseph has a dream and he has he has this dream, this picture, but where he is now, when he's in the pit, when he's a slave and he's a servant in Potiphar's house, when he's in the prison, it looks nothing like what God showed him in the dream. And the thing is that there's two sets of visions. You have when you when you see it, because we talk about faith, and and Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing, and it says that we hope for what we do not see, or what we can't see. This is what the Bible tells us. But there's still a vision that happens because you'll see it in the spirit realm. You'll see it by words of dreams or when God speaks to you, you, begin to get a picture of what it looks like and you begin to see it, but you don't yet see it. You don't see it in reality. It's not tangible. You can't touch it yet. So you have to see it in your dream and you have to work the vision. You have to work that, that, that dream until you see what you saw. And so 
you're seeing it in the natural for the first time, but it's not your first time seeing it because it's in the, it, you saw it in the spirit, spirit realm. And so what you're seeing is not like what you saw. And so it's hard. It's hard to, to continue to believe the promise. But what, what Joseph teaches us, while you wait on the promise, while you wait to see what you saw, you have to keep your integrity. You have to keep your character. And the things that you go through help to build your character. And some of us, I know what you're saying. I'm tired of building character. I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of suffering. I'm tired of leaving check to check. I'm tired of being not being recognized on my job. I'm tired of, of doing everything right and it doesn't seem to work out. I'm tired of praying all night and it still seems like my, my, my things are not working out for my child. I'm tired of, of crying about this, this family relationship, whether it's the relationship with your father, whether it's the relationship with your mother, whether it's the relationship with your kids, whether it's the relationship with your friends, the relationship with your siblings, and you're crying about it. And it still seems like it just don't get, it just won't get any better. Sometimes it feels like that. Imagine, imagine the lady with the issue of blood. But this is his, Joseph, he has this dream. But I am of the belief that while Joseph had the dream, he could never see what he saw if he did not go the path he got. Because Every step he went, it prepared him for the next level. And what I'm telling you is that I'm telling you what I know, not what I think. Everything that I that I have gone through, even if we think about my career-wise, was helping to build me to the next step of my career. Every single thing. And so it may feel like hell. It may feel like you, you, you're working hard and there's nothing, you're not getting any credit. And it may not feel like what God told you it was going to be like. But I promise you that when we read Romans, when it says that, for we know that, and we know that God works all things out for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. When we read that, we read it as if it means that all things are going to be good. No, all things will work out to be good. It will work out for your good. But it doesn't mean that all things will be good. And so while you're working it, Joseph is the case study for that scripture. And so when we look at Joseph and we look at that scripture where it says all things work out for the good of them that are called to, call, that love them and are called, called are called according to his purpose. When we read that scripture, when we hear that scripture, we should picture Joseph's life. Because he was called to, to, to his purpose. But the problem is, is that he had to, the hell that he was going through was working out for his good. And when you're in the hell, it does not feel like it is nothing about it feels good. Nothing about it feels like it's going to to work out for your good. But while you're in the hell is when you learn how to pray a little bit more. While you're in the hell is when you learn how to research so you can do your job better. And when you, while you're in the hell, you learn little tricks of the trade. And everything that you've picked up, all the things that your, your boss put on you that you didn't realize that, 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 that wasn't in your job description and you didn't realize that it was adding, now it adds to your resume. And now when you when you put on your resume, you can say that I've managed this program and that program. And you realize, like, man, I went through hell to put that program together. It took me hours to get that presentation right. It took me days to figure out with this policy and that policy but now you look at your resume and now the 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 the, the hiring manager looks at your resume and say oh man you're qualified you did this, this this and that and you realize that the hell you've been through worked out for your good because it turned into experience it turned into in character 
it built you for your next level. The hell you're going through. And I'm not wishing that you go through hell. I wish that it would be smooth transition. I wish that when, when we moved here in 2016, that my wife got a job immediately. I got a job immediately. It was high paying, but it didn't work out that way. I wish that it was it, that how I picture a smooth transition, it was tr uh, a smooth transition. But in the course of time, when we begin to look at how God views things, because what we looked at, the transition was when we moved up, we look at the transition that when we moved and packed our, our the truck and packed the car in, tw in June of 2016 and moved up here, we consider that our transition. But God says your transition was from 2016 to 2020. And so in the grand scheme of things, when, I, when we look at the lines and we look at the up and down line, we'll see that it was only a few up and downs and the rest of the lines was, the line was straight. And he'll say, see how smooth it was? Yeah, it was, it, yeah. Yeah, when you got on the plane, there was some turbulence. Yeah, when you got on, when you got to 2016, it was a little bumpy. But then, if you look at the majority of the flight, the majority of the transition, the majority of the time you hear, it's been smooth. It's been a straight line. I can't see that as a straight line now. I can't promise you that that we won't hit any bumps. But when we look back on this, when God shows us that the the, the the timeline of our transition, see, when we look at it, we'll see that the transition was. June 2016 to January 2017. And God said, nah, baby, the transition was a lot longer than that. You'll see that 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and maybe even 2021 was marked Brown family transition. And so that is what it is. And so I know that you think that that your process was your four years in college and you, you graduated from, from college and you're supposed to have the job of your dreams and you think, man, this was my training ground. But God is going to say, nah, baby. So those four years in college and those four years afterwards, that was your training ground. And now that you you eight years later, you're now in you're now in your dream job. Ten years later, you're now in your dream job. That was a transition time period. That's when I was building your character. That's when I was building your integrity. I, that's when I was pouring into you. So that now, now when you look back on it, it seemed like eight years was a long time ago. But but if you compare eight years to 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 your training ground and then you look at the 15 years you've been in your career eight years don't seem that long if you look at the 15 years of your career progression and 20 years of your career progression that that eight years is going to seem like a small dot when when, you, when you're retiring and you've been successful yeah you had a first a rough first two years in marriage but 25 years from now you're going to remember those first two years but they're going to seem like so long ago and you're going to feel like man it wasn't we didn't have a hard time when we first got married that was just a bump and a blip on the road you're going to see these things differently because what joseph says to his brothers after they all they've done to him after all the hell he's been to he says am i in the place of god what you meant for my evil god meant for my good yes it, it worked out for good so many can be saved yes yes it worked out for my good that is going to be the confession that you'll say is that yes i've been through hell but if it wasn't for the hell i would not be equipped for the for the heaven if it wasn't for the struggle i would not be equipped for the easy times if it wasn't for the the the, the, the turbulence i would not i would not benefit and enjoy the, the the smooth ride that it is now if it wasn't for the the, the the bumps in the road in 2016 and the bumps in the road in 2017 and the bumps in the road in 2018 and the bumps in the road in 2019, 2020, 2020 and 2021, I wouldn't enjoy the smooth transition. I wouldn't be able to view it as a smooth transition. But that's when I prayed more. 
that's when I had to do nothing but depend on God. And then I begin to look back. And I said that when I felt like I was by myself. And I begin to realize that it's no way that I should be able to pay the bills that I paid. It's no way that my family should have been able to survive. It's no way that we should be able to live where we live. It's no way that we should be able to pay it off a car. It's no way we should be able to do any of these things. But, but look at God. He worked it out for my good. It's been hellish. But it hasn't been hell. You see, you go through some things that feel like hell, but it's just hellish. It's not really hell. You'll feel like you're dying, but you have, you have death symptoms. Now, now this, if this was, if I was preaching, uh, this is where we're, I would turn up a little bit. But you'll have death symptoms, but it won't be death. You... You'll have some things that feel like what you think it is, but it's not really it. It is working out. And you'll come out with more talent. You'll come out with better skills. You'll come out with better character. You'll come out knowing how to quote scriptures and, and speak to your challenge. You'll come out being able to be a coach. You see all the things that you've been through, all the struggles you've been through, you'll now be able to mentor someone else. You see, at the beginning, I gave the example of being a three-level uh, and, and learning and being an apprentice and learning my job. And because I struggled, because I learned, because I made mistakes, when I got to my next level, I was able to be a trainer for the people that were where I was before. And so now I become to a benefit to the people that, that fall under me and I come to benefit the people that fall above me. You see, the fact is that everything that you've been through has caused you to be a benefit to everyone around you. There are going to be people that benefit because you struggled a little bit and you, you suffered a little bit and you went through a process. And then when you come out the process, You'll be a benefit to everyone around you. Your, your family's going to benefit from you. Your community's going to benefit from you. From you. Your, your, the people that you don't even know is going to benefit from you. Your company's going to benefit from you. And then you'll say, oh, it worked out for my good. But not only for my good. You see, it didn't just work out for Joseph's good. Because his brothers, all they could see was the bowing. And Joseph, at that time, all he could see was the bowing. But they were bowing to him because... because God put him in a place. <laughs> they put him in a place where it would work out not just for his good, but for their good. His struggle, his suffering, the hellish times he went through, the process he went through, his character building helped him to be a benefit to everyone around him. It, he was a benefit to Pharaoh, who was above him in this lineage, in this, in this account. But he was also a benefit to everyone else. He was a benefit to, his, to the people of Egypt. He was a benefit to his family. There's a benefit to your struggle that's greater than you. And in the grand scheme of time, that struggle that seems so long will seem like a little blip in a straight line of smooth transitions. And I know, I know that it's hell. I'm not telling you something I don't know. I'm not telling you something that I don't, that I have not experienced. I'm telling you what I know. I know that it doesn't look like what you, what you saw. I know that there's some nights where you have to cry yourself to sleep or just cry. 
I know there's some nights that you have to lie to yourself. Even when you don't, it doesn't feel good, you have to say it's going to work out for my good. And you're lying to yourself because you, you're, you're, and some, you're lying to yourself, but you are, but you're telling the truth to yourself. You're lying to yourself because you don't really believe it at this time. But you're telling the truth to yourself because your spirit man is speaking to, the, to, to, your, to your flesh man. Because your, your, your faithful man is speaking to your unbelieving man. The scriptures say that, do you believe? And Jesus asked the man, do you believe? He said, yes, I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. Because we all have that, we all have that piece of the unbelief. Because we are dealing with the reality of what we see. But we still have the faith of what we saw. I know that. I know that you're trying to figure out who you can pay and who you cannot pay and still survive. I know you, you, you're, you're taking, you're taking jobs that you're above, but you, you want to be able to provide for your family. You want to be able to provide for your children. I know you're trying to make decisions. You're trying to live by faith, but you also, you still have this, this concern and this worry. And you know that the Bible says not to worry. You know the Bible says that he did not give us a spirit of fear. We understand that. We, we hear that. Really, I'm, that's a different time for a different day because I do want to tackle that scripture. But, but, but the other side of we, we you know that. We, we, we know that. But the reality of it is you're not sure how it's going to happen. Right now, there's someone listening that was not as benef that did not benefit and was not as blessed in the sense that they worked a job that could survive COVID. And now they're reading papers and they're reading the news where they're canceling unemployment. They're bringing down unemployment. And you were barely making off of 600 and you're not sure how you're going to make it off anything less. Because that's the reality of where you are. Because no matter what's happened, even during the the, the, the movement for Black Lives Matter for the, the, the George Floyd and all, the, the Breonna Taylor. Oh, yeah, we still need to arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. But, uh, but for Breonna Taylor and, we, we, and, and, and for Ar Ahmaud Arbery, while that's going on, you still are missing checks. You see, you see we don't live in a vacuum. All these things are going on at once. And I know it's a struggle. I know. And I know it feels like hell. And I know the reality of it is that what I'm saying sounds good in theory. But what about your belly? I know. What I said sounds good. So I do not want to brush aside the reality of your suffering. Because when my son was diagnosed with autism on the autism spectrum, I was already praying. I knew to pray. And I didn't need anyone else to tell me that, to, to keep praying or I'm praying for you. Because that wasn't... It didn't deal with the reality of what was in front of me. When we lost our baby, before it even started to grow, I didn't. I, I was already praying, but that doesn't deal with the reality 
of what we're facing. When I started my job hunt in January of 2016, probably before that, and I didn't, I didn't get a job offer to January, uh, a, a substantial job offer to 20, January 2017. I was praying. I was reading my Bible. I was fasting. And it didn't change the reality of it. It still sucked. It still felt like hell. When we, we, have, we, we deplete our savings that we saved up and prepared for the transition because we're paying a mortgage in Charleston and a rent in Raleigh, we were praying. It wasn't for lack of not applying. If you were to look at my laptop now and you were to go to my documents and you would go to job search, you would see over one, probably close to 100 resumes, different versions of my resume. And different versions of my cover letter. And a few different versions of my reference list. And if, if you search my history, you'd see how many jobs I literally applied for. You'll see the, you'll see, me, if you were to go back into a, a movie of our lives, you'll see me and my wife applying and then going to pray at the place that we applied for. So when I tell you that I understand the reality of the struggle, when I tell you I understand the reality of the suffering, I'm not speaking from theory. But when I tell you that it worked out for my good, I'm not talking from theory. I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you what we experienced. And so now... makes sense scripture becomes life for me it becomes life for me the songs that we sung suffering don't last always that the songs that we sung the, 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 the hymns that we sung yeah that the, the, the scripture that he'll give me beauty for ashes, that that which, which we sung, that which we read, it becomes life for me, and it means more than just something I read; it's something I lived. And the scripture begins to add to me character, but it also affirms what his word says and so if I know even if it still does not look like what I saw when I heard smooth transition I can count that his word won't return void because he did give me beauty for ashes he did give me victory. He, he never left me nor forsaken me. So if something he said 
before I was even a thought in my parents' mind, before my parents were born, before my grandparents were born, before my great-parents were born, before my great-great-great-grandparents were born. He said this over 2,000 years ago, and then some. He said this, and now it becomes life for me. If his word can transition and can transcend thousands of years, thousands of misinterpretations, and speak life to me, then his, his word in 2016 and 2015 that we would go through a smooth transition, I can count it to be true because I've seen it happen before. But my suffering, my struggle, built my character. And you can always tell, let's go back to my movies and my shows, you can always tell when the writers spent a long time developing their character because they have, it has many layers. And you begin to, to, to buy in and to, to invest into this character because they spent so much time developing this character. People are going to buy in and to be invested into your character because God spent so much time developing your character. And it was hell going through the character building phase. Your arm got tired after you pumped that stand up. Those 13 rungs. Your arm, your stamina got weak from being out there and doing all that cleaning. You, you lost some of your hope when you had to wait years and years for, for marriage or years and years for the child or years and years for that dream job or years and years for that promotion or years and years for your business to finally take off. Your hope. I'm putting all those different things because for some people it's not marriage. For some people it's not a child. For some people it's not a job. For some people, whatever it is, whatever year it is, that's what it's for. And you almost lost your hope. But it built your character. And I hated it when they said it. But I understood it. Because it did build my character. I hated the story as I'm reading what happened to Joseph. But when he says, what you meant for my, what you meant for my bad, for my evil, for my default, for my failure. God meant it for my good and he got glory out of it. I didn't want to know what the all things were. I just wanted the good. But to get to the good, I had to go through the all things. To get, as cliche as it is, to get to the testimony, I had to go through the test. And I hated the test. But the testimony was so others would be saved. I had to go through the test so that others could be saved. And I'm included in others. You had to go through the character building that so that others could learn from your, from your character building, from your lessons. And you become their experience rather than them having to experience it for themselves. I'm rambling now. You needed the character building phase. You needed the process. And you've heard it before. 
don't abort the process. But I'm telling you, don't abort the process. You need the character-building phase. If you're going to be a benefit to everyone around you, you need that phase. And it's going to bless you. It's going to bless people that come after you. And it's going to bless the people that are before you. Because all things are working out for your good. What others mean for evil, God is working out for your good. God bless you. God love you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Barnabas Speaks Podcast. I pray that this has been a blessing. I pray that you are strengthened. I hope. I pray that you're encouraged. I pray that you're empowered. I pray for those that I know for a fact that are struggling right now. Maybe you're, this is your first time listening. And I know that COVID has been hell. The police killings have been hell. Maybe you don't. You lost your insurance. Maybe your your, your 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 partner left you. Right now, this is God. Right now, your partner gave you some news that you weren't expecting, and you felt like you feel like someone shot you, and that is on top of everything else you've been going through, and you're wondering how you're going to survive. You're saying that now, but down the line, you're going to say, there's no way I couldn't survive. And there's no way I can't survive if I could survive that. And I'm not glorifying the struggle in the, when it comes to relationships. I'm not glorifying that. I don't, I'm not one of those people that believe that you should have to go through hell before you find love. That you should have a struggle phase in your relationship to make it good. I'm not one of those people. But what I am saying is, you'll you'll stop saying, I don't think I can survive. And you'll look back and say, there's no way I couldn't survive. I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God gives you the strength to do what you know you have to do. I, I do not know who's listening to this. And I'm not sure if you're listening today or you're going to be listening down the road sometime. But God is saying, get up and leave. I don't do this on this podcast very much, but God, you're listening to this and you're looking for a sign. And you're wondering whether you should stay. And you're saying it's not physical. I promise you I've never done this before in this podcast. And you're saying that it's not physical. But God wants you to know that the emotional and mental damage is worse than they could ever do to you physically. This is, I don't know if this is for a man or woman. I just know that you need to hear this. It's worse than they can ever do to you physically. And if you stay, the damage will get worse. If you have to leave everything behind and start over, do it. I don't know who that's for. I don't know who's listening. Normally, I pick a, when I get ready to do the clip, I, I, I pick a very steamy clip. But I think this would be the clip that we 
that we post because I think someone needs to hear it. I don't know who it is. I just know God told me that someone needs to hear that. I'm praying for you. We're praying. Simon, Simon. I'm trying to end this. The devil has asked to sift you as wheat. He desires to sift you as wheat. When you recover, strengthen your brothers. The beauty of that scripture is, and I'm paraphrasing the scripture, the beauty of that scripture is that what Jesus is telling Peter is that you will be sifted as wheat, but it will not kill you. You will survive it. I'm telling you you're going to survive it. But because you're able to survive it, because you went through that, you're going to be able to strengthen your brothers. You need this experience. You need that character building. I'm not saying go hunt for it. But I'm telling you that it's building. And the things you went through are going to be tools in your future. We're, we're, we're done. We're done. We're done. Once again, thank you for listening to the Barnabas Speaks podcast. I am your host, Cloyd Brown. Thank you for joining another week. Please share. Please subscribe. Please like. Uh, please tell your friends. Tell your family about it. If you've been blessed, that's what I'm asking you to do. If you have any questions, you have any comments, you have anything that you would like to say to me, you can email me at Cloyd, C-L-O-Y-E-D dot S dot Brown at gmail.com. Cloyd, C-L-O-Y-E-D dot S dot Brown at gmail.com. And I am Cloyd Brown on all social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. So if you want to just inbox me, you have something, inbox me, and let's talk. God bless you. God love you. And remember, never let your independence rob you from your dependence on God. Until next week.